This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Well, thanks very much for joining me. Boy, where to begin? Uh, <laughs> obviously, this is uncharted territory for all of us, and uh, it's not an easy period. It doesn't matter whether you're part of the game, um, as some of the guests you'll hear later on the podcast are. It doesn't matter whether you're covering the game. It doesn't matter whether you're a fan of the game. It's, it's not easy. Uh, but that said, I think Kevin Cash said it best when asked about, you know, the fact that a team that won 96 games last year um, would have its season for this season put on hold. And he said it's, quote, very much secondary, a back burner to what's taking place right now in the world. Our season will be played when it's time. Um, but that said, uh, and I think it was well said by Kevin Cash, um, I'm sure for some of you, you're going to go stir crazy without a little bit of content. And I actually already had done the interviews for our countdown to opening day show just in case we had a program. So on the show later on, you're going to hear from Hunter Renfro and also from Ozzie Timmons. I figured kind of a nice pairing since Ozzie works with the outfielders and handles base running and Hunter, one of the new outfielders. But uh, before we get to that, uh, I'm joined now by Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times. And Mark, you've been covering the race since the beginning. You've been covering baseball for longer than that. Uh, and I would guess even for you, this is uncharted territory. Obviously, Neil, and you know the circumstances are, are most unique. I mean, there are some parallels just in a very general sense. I thought back to the you know the horror of 9/11 when the season was suspended for several days and teams had to figure out where to go and no one knew when they were going to resume play. Uh, obviously, more recently, we've had some issues with hurricanes where there's been a, a delay or a cancellation or a rescheduling of games or relocating of games, things like that. But, you know, I mean, I guess probably outside of 9-11, the other ones, you kind of knew things were going to pass. I mean, maybe there, there could have been damage and the stadium might not have been able to be played in for a while for the Rays with the Trop, but there was going to be something else. On this one, I don't think anyone knows what's on the other side, nor when we're going to get to the other side, which creates such a level of uncertainty. And this is the first time that there's been any kind of stoppage in terms of play since before the Rays even existed, because you're talking about the 94 uh, work stoppage, right? As far as a shortened season, I mean, obviously, we just talked about, you know, the 2001-9-11, there was a break in the schedule. But as far as an extended uh, break, and this looks like, obviously, at least two weeks from what Major League Baseball is saying now, and that may just be a, a, a general number. I don't think they have any real sense that they're going to be able to play games on April 9th, uh, which would be the two-week delay. But, yeah, the, it, I, what I was told uh, as this came down on Thursday was that if they were able to resume by April 9th, there was a way they had figured out a schedule where they could still preserve the integrity of 162 games. Now, I don't know how much that's going to mean, depending on what you know things look like in the world in a couple of weeks from now. But uh, I think that was where the target date came from of two weeks. If they get past that, and you know maybe not by a day or two, but if they get past that by several weeks and then are able to resume play, I think you'll see a shortened schedule. Whether it'll be a redrawn schedule, it'll be picked up where it was. 
uh, whether they'll be worrying about it being balanced or teams playing the same amount of games. It'll just be a simple percentage system. But if you know there is a season, it certainly is likely to look different than a normal one. Correct. And, you know, it was, I don't know, I, th- I think Kevin Cash summed it up best when he said, um, you know, we'll worry about the season when, when it's time. Uh, and we hope it's sooner than later because I, I think the one thing that I saw, at least on the Twitterverse yesterday and heard from a lot of other fans, is that sports is their diversion. And the diversions right now, understandably so, are, are, are gone. Yeah, and, and there's a balance there, obviously, and I think that's why there was some discussion of, of having theater sports where they were going to be played with no fans. That concept was kicked around. As we sit here talking, the St. Pete Grand Prix is still going to go on uh, with no fans. I know there was some sentiment to playing the golf tournament, and that has now since been canceled, the idea for that. But, sure, that would create programming. Now, does it put people at risk still more so than if they weren't there? I would think so. I mean, you know, they're talking about playing games initially with family in the basketball tournament, family, essential staff, media. Uh, obviously, there'd be operations people at the facility. So it still creates a gathering. If the idea is to, to allow people to control whom they come in contact with, you would put that in jeopardy a little bit. But I, I think you're right. Overall, and a couple of the race players said that as much, too, that, you know, they thought that if they could provide Charlie Morton said, if not some joy, at least a diversion for people. If the games, there were games, they were on television. And maybe they'll recreate or reshow. I'm not sure they recreate, show some Rays games from last year on television. Maybe you guys could play some of your broadcast. I mean, I'd love to hear some of your pregame shows from last year. There were definitely some highlight moments. I, I would guess there probably were. I can't remember any of them, but yes, there probably were. Um, what was the sentiment overall that you heard from, or what stuck out? stood out when you talked to race players yesterday because it had to be a very surreal feeling because a lot of them knew that this was going to be their last game for at least a bit yeah i mean i i don't know if hunter renfro was trying to trying to be funny or it was unintentional but he said one of his goals is always to hit a homer the last game of spring training to help him know he's ready for the season and then he kind of drumbeat pause i didn't know if today was going to be the last game of spring training or not he did hit quite a homer but yeah, I don't know. I think it was probably what you'd expect, just like any sampling of, of employees at the team or radio station or if we were in public talking to people. I mean, some people seemed very concerned and very worried and thought this is the right step. If not, they should have taken more. Other people were a little more cavalier, like, you know, this has been overblown by the media. Blake Snell obviously shared that sentiment a couple of days ago. There were even some players yesterday like, you know, we'll do what they say, whatever, but I think we could be playing. So I think it's just like any other cross-section, just these guys are, you know, paid performers and, you know, it's, Charlie Morton said, paid entertainers. And as we record this, the Rays haven't even met as a team yet. They're doing that uh, at 10 this morning. So uh, we don't quite know what the next steps are. No, I, I mean, my guess is just from, from what I've seen and you know, some other camps and other teams were a little bit more uh, open with their plans, or at least their initial plans, uh, and said they're going to have workouts through the weekend. Um, they're going to plan, like the Yankees, Aaron Boone was quoted saying they plan on keeping everybody in Tampa and, and playing inter-squad games or practices. But I think this is all, there is a there is a caveat to all that, is no one knows what the end game is here. That sounds good if it's going to be for a couple weeks. If this is a thing where, you know, week by week it, it were to go on, I don't even want to say drag on because that sounds negative. If it were to go on, it's going on for good reasons. But if they're not allowed to play, I don't know that you're going to want to keep players there and just, you know, kind of doing the same thing over and over again. And, you know, talking to a couple of pitchers yesterday, you were there, I think, when Brendan McKay talked. I know you were doing the radio game yesterday, but Brendan McKay was talking and said, you know, do you have to kind of decide? Do you, do you want to plateau where you are and just kind of maintain your level? Or do you keep building up to get to the point of, you know, being able to pitch seven or eight innings, but not knowing when you're going to actually get to pitch? So 
there are some, you know, baseball type questions here. They're all lesser to the overall health questions. And, you know, the other thing is at some point, are there going to be, you know, reports of players being diagnosed with coronavirus, which will then increase the levels of quarantines and maybe cause some teams to, to break up camps that they were planning to keep together? Yeah, that, that's, I think, the challenge of all this is there's a lot of unknowns. And look, even in Brendan's case, his girlfriend works at a hospital. I mean, he brought up the question. I don't know if she's encountered it. I don't know who she's come across. We all don't know. No, and, and you know, it, I was talking to a race person last night, and, and their question was simply this, is they went out to eat last night. And if it were to come out today or tomorrow that someone on the team is diagnosed with coronavirus, does this race person need to, like, call that restaurant where they ate dinner two nights ago and say, hey, I was in your restaurant. And even if they don't say who they are, but just say, we're the place where I work. Someone else has been diagnosed with it. We just want to let you know. And then think that through. If that, if that is the right thing to do, think of every single person in that raised clubhouse and every single person they've come in contact with over the last week. And that would include yourself. That would include me. I mean, and every person you've come in contact with. I mean, it would just... You could see how this, you know, the, the the impact of it can spread so dramatically and quickly. And that's without the idea of playing games in front of fans. This is just guys who are engaged in, in terms of, you know, interactions on a day-by-day basis. And that's, and that's in part why they're limiting the crowds as they are, because there's so much about the virus that we just don't know. And obviously not educated enough uh, from a medical standpoint to really know what's going to happen. And that's why we're in this kind of position of we don't know what the next step is we hope april 9th is when baseball resumes again but we're not sure no and i think that's one of of many many unknowns and you know part of what eric neander's message was i think in the immediate you know follow to the announcement on thursday was the rays needed to do a lot of information gathering and i know that sounds like kind of you know boss speak but i think it's true because i think he's trying to figure out the same things we just talked about, except he's responsible for you know, hundreds and hundreds of people in the organization. And, you know, I think everybody wants to think that they're being told to do the right thing. But there's enough confusion out there that there's a lot of, you know, misconception as to what the right thing really is. Yep. I, I don't think there's any question about that. We, we don't know. Um, I think we hope for the best. I think we hope that this is, you know, something that the, the, the United States, the world gets under control as soon as possible. But we're going to have to kind of wait and see. And we are in a holding pattern. And Mark, we appreciate you spending some time at least sharing your thoughts on this. I'm sure this is not, you know, easy for anyone, any of us uh, from a personal matter, you know, and we're concerned about our own families, I'm sure. Absolutely. And, and, you know, that's, that's one thing that uh, in thinking about this last night, Neil, and trying to kind of, you know, grasp everything that's going on. I think my initial thought was, this was more of like a, a disruption to the work schedule as opposed to the thinking about the cause, like as if you had a bad stretch of weather and the games are going to be rained out for four or five days in a row. What am I going to write? What am I going to do? Should I stay here? Should I go home? I think I was having those type of thoughts and, and kind of need to come to, gl- to grip with this more globally as to, you know, this is a pandemic, a disease. It's causing issues. The fact that I don't know whether I should stay in Port Charlotte on Saturday and Sunday or drive back to St. Pete is not a major thing that I should be really that worried about. Just pick, a, pick one and go. It isn't. And let's hope that uh, things get under control and we are back to baseball before we know it. Mark, in the meantime, uh, health to you, your family, and everyone involved. Absolutely. Remember to sanitize, Neil. I know uh, you are a little bit of a germaphobe as it is, but you need to step up your game there a little bit. And 
Uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. If not, I'm looking for best of podcasts. Well, we certainly appreciate the time of Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times, and hopefully you're checking out all the great stories that he's putting together. Um, and hopefully we'll be when the Rays come back to playing games again. And we don't know when that's going to be at this point in time. Uh, but as mentioned, I wanted you guys to still have the interviews from our Countdown to Opening Day show because – uh, at some point, we will have an opening day, hopefully sooner than later. And one of our guests being Hunter Renfro, uh, one of the newer Rays, and I asked him about um, coming to Rays camp. And for him, his first time having spring training in the state of Florida, what all of the change has been like. It's different, obviously, being a uh, new organization, uh, new place for spring training. Uh, n- n- you know, on the East Coast, whether the West Coast, it's, it's a lot different. But, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's been great. It's been uh, an easy transition coming from Mississippi to Florida. It's a lot closer to home, so uh, family able to come visit a lot more. And obviously, it's just it's a whole just, you know, cultural change as well. So um, it's, it's been very easy to kind of relate to the people here and, and uh, get to know everybody. So I'm eager to you know get the season started and have fun. This has been um, a place where they have a reputation for making it easy for guys to transition. Have you felt that way about it? And how different is it from what it was like in San Diego? Yeah, no, everybody's been great here. I mean, everybody's been very welcoming, and, and uh, we've had a great time with knowing each other. I feel like we've played together for now for, you know, five years or something because, you know, I think we're so close. But um, I think all the guys in the clubhouse have made it a really easy transition, and the coaches as well. So um, it's been uh, a lot of fun so far, like the spring training games and, and uh, practices and everything like that. So um, I can only imagine how the season's going to go. Maybe most important, have you found some good places to hunt and fish down here? Or do you even get the time to do that during spring training? Because that's also yeah. a good way to get to know your teammates. Oh, no, absolutely. We, we've been fishing a little bit, uh, trying to find some fishing spots and caught some fish. Uh, hunting, have not found any <laughs> hunting lately. So anybody out there listening knows any hunting good hunting locations, turkey hunting, uh, I'm very open to that. So, uh, you know, we look forward to, you know, something to do. I think your best chance is probably boar down here versus versus turkey. How are you feeling physically, too? Because for people who don't know, you did go through a pretty extensive rehab in the off season, and you seemed healthy. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen, I'm, I'm very healthy. You know, I, that's the thing I, I was worried about coming into the spring is, is making sure I'm as healthy as possible, making sure that, you know, everything that needed to be taken care of was taken care of this off season uh, before the season even got close to being started. So, uh, you know, you know, going into January, I was just about 100 percent. And then at the end of January, I was, you know, full go running and, and sprinting and hitting and everything like that. So um, the ankle, the foot, you know, stuff like that is is 100 percent gone, ready to go. I uh, felt like it's never even nothing even happened to it. So that's great. You know, and I think, uh, you know, as long as we can stay healthy, me and the whole team combined, I think we're going to do great things. Ozzy Timmons is on this program, too, and he certainly works with the outfielders. What have you thought of this this group overall? What has impressed you the most? As far as outfitters? Uh, yeah, I mean, the outfitters, I mean, I think we're, we have a lot of speed. We have a lot of uh, great personalities, I think, you know, as far as, like, you know, KK winning, you know, platinum glove, gold glove almost every year now. And, and uh, you know, we got Margot that can really run as well. And, and Austin and, and me. And I think it's a really, really good outfield group. And, and uh, you know, obviously uh, – with that amount of versatility, I think that's going to give us a lot of time to rest. And and when you rest, and you're healthy, you're stronger, you're you know more physical, and we're able to you know hit the ball further, throw the ball longer, 
and run faster. So anytime you can get a break and get a DH like this in this league, I think it's great. I think it's able to you know save everybody's legs. And and once you do hit that postseason in October, uh, you're you're healthy, you're, you're you're still fresh, and you're ready to go. And that's something you really haven't had the chance to deal with because being in the National League. It's either play or come off the bench. Exactly, you know that's that's the biggest part. Is you know even even if you're not playing, you, you got to be mentally prepared to, to to step into the game in in the fifth, sixth, seventh inning when you may need to be in there and and have a huge at bat and uh, and and go back and from there go into the field and, and have a, a defensive you know saving run or something like that. So uh, you know it's it's still mentally taxing on your body. And not saying that's not the same thing in the American League, but in to get that DH, get that breather from running out and back and forth in the outfield. You know, I think a lot of people doesn't realize how far and how much taxing it is just running back and forth in the outfield. You're running 18 times back and forth to the outfield, you know, at least 100 yards. So, and that's not including the balls you're running after in the gap and stuff. So, um, you know, it is taxing on your body. But you know, to get that break, to get that DH spot or, or something like that every once in a while, it's, it's it's huge. So, if the Rays rotate this through, whether it's you some days, Yoshi some days, Austin some days, you're cool with that. Oh, absolutely. You know, that's not a big deal to me. You know, any any way you can you know, help team win, whether it be. Uh, your voice on the bench, or, or whether you're on the pl- field playing, and that's a huge part. I mean, obviously, everybody wants to play. Everybody wants to be able to uh, go out there and hit a home run or make a defensive play and, and play every day. But you know, that's just not the reality of this game. You know, you go out there, you have a DH day, you have a you know day on the bench. You know, you may be coming off the bench every once in a while, but uh, you know, you, as long as you're there to help a team win, that's all that matters. Obviously, you've talked about the environment in this uh, clubhouse so far, um, but also getting on the same page with Chad, the the race hitting coach. What's that been like, and and how much of the language, let's say, or the lingo is different between here and San Diego in terms of talking hitting? Uh, I mean, hitting hitting is hitting. You know, it, it is. You know, everybody has different lingos, different ways to go about it, and I think you know, motor is a, is a huge kind of uh, gimmick guy. He likes to do different things to help guys, and and uh, which is great. You know. It, Something may resonate with some person, that may not resonate with the other person, and and uh, that's a, that's a big deal. I mean, it may not seem like a big deal, but it is. And and, and some things that may work for one person may not work for the other person. So um, the way he has gone about like me and stuff like that, it's been it's pretty easy. You know, I, I go up there, I get my front flip and hit off the tee or, or overhand toss, and uh, get my work in, in the cage and get out of there, then go into the field and, and hit live VP. And um, so I'm a pretty simple guy, but in that fact, uh, I like to hit off the you know, the fastball machine, make sure I'm uh, reacting to uh, elevated velo. So um, that's, that's one of my things. But, like, you know, other people may not want to do anything but hit off the tee for an hour. So uh, I think he does a really good job of, of, you know, manipulating everybody, which they wouldn't want to do. What? When did you find that routine? When did it work for you? Because you did, I mean, you had a career year in terms of the home runs last year with 33. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, through the years, I think you kind of figure out <clears> – <throat> what works best for you and what what you really need to work on and and, uh, and obviously the pitchers in the big leagues will show you what you need to work on real quick and uh, so uh, I think that's one of the biggest things is kind of listen to what your body's feeling and telling you and what the pitchers are, are doing and, and react to uh, figure out what you need to work on figure out what your holes are and figure out you know how you need to go about your progress to get ready to play the game and and how your body reacts to that season that you did it and I think that's what kind of has done it for me so probably two probably two years ago is when I kind of figured out what works best for me and, and uh, how many swings I need to take without, you know, actually injuring myself swinging too much. Who helped you with that? Who was best and able to do that? Uh, myself. I mean, that's just, like I said, it's all body feel, you know. Uh, I think some people are, are to the point where they go in there and they'll hit for, you know, two hours and they have to kick them out of there. But And, uh, you know, that may work best for them. But, uh, you know, what works best for me is, you know, I go in the cage, I hit for, you know, 10 minutes and make sure my body's loose, getting ready to go and, and uh, get ready for the game. 
in spring training, how here we're coming down the stretch, what more do you want to accomplish? How do you use the final couple of weeks to make sure you're as locked in as you can when the season starts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think just the injury prone aspect of it is make sure you're first, 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 foremost, you know, injury free. Uh, make sure you're healthy as possible, and and uh, as far as like hitting point, make sure you're swinging at quality pitches in the strike zone, and uh, make sure you're still seeing as many strikes and, and balls and, and, and pitches as many as possible and uh, you know not necessarily go up there just swing at the first pitch because it's a fastball right in the middle uh, but go out there having quality at bat and uh, try to barrel the ball up as much as possible you know you know obviously you're not worried about hits and, and home runs or whatever in spring as far as telling everybody I said, I said if I hit a home run in the last day of spring training I said we're, we're in good shape and uh, and before that doesn't matter. And uh, lastly your wife has she recovered yet from the, the softball game? Oh yeah, she uh, she she was just saying the other day that how her arm was hurting so bad and and uh, she she still has some uh, shoulder soreness from throwing the ball across the infield and uh, we were talking about it how uh, it's like we're gonna be ready for next year we're gonna be practicing ground balls you know across <laughs> the infield and hitting. You had a lot of fun with that. Are you that way in a cut up in the in the clubhouse too? Or are you pretty quiet? What's your personality like? Uh, clubhouse, I'm pretty quiet. You know, I kind of lay back, get my stuff done, uh, but on the bench and the in the dugout, I get a little rowdy. Good stuff from Hunter Renfro and certainly enjoyable to get to know a little bit more about his personality. Um, certainly more of a wry, uh, reserved sense of humor. I don't know if that's necessarily the case for Ozzie Timmons, who really almost is like an ambassador with the Rays, works with the outfielders, works on the base running, uh, helps out Chad Mottola with the hitting, and obviously a player who, as a player, was with the then Devil Rays. So he's been with this organization for many a year. Um, and you know, one of the first things I asked Ozzy was about the outfield defense and whether with the additions they made in the off season, whether this is perhaps the best group that the Rays have had. Oh yeah. Last, last year was really good. This year it, we didn't lose a, we didn't lose a beat. I mean, we pick up uh, Renfro, Margo, Rosarena on top. You already have Kiermaier. Uh, you got Meadows got better from last year, previous year. Um, so yeah, we got some speed. We got some power. We we can do some things, and uh, it's almost like we have three center fielders out there. How much easier does that, or what does that allow you guys to do as a group defensively that maybe you couldn't do if you didn't have that athletic ability? Well, the key now is it takes a little bit of pressure off of KK, but uh, but we don't want to do that either because you don't want him to be relaxed and comp, uh, dependent on other guys because he's so used to being aggressive. So it's probably a little bit more tougher because he's everybody can catch most of the balls in the gap so now it becomes a more thing of a communication can you cheat though a little bit like a guy can cheat another step or two to the line knowing that kk can cover that much ground and and or or kk can take another step to the other gap if he needs to well i always talk about space and cover your back you know if kk is going to right center then you don't want your left fielder to go cover left center then the right fielder got less room to worry about down the right field line so it actually makes it a little easier I wouldn't say, you know, all right, KK's out there, Don't I, you, I got this or he got that, but just cut, this spacing makes things easier. And then with that much speed, spacing is key too because you don't want these guys so far apart that when a ball's hitting the gap, they're running full speed and running into each other. So as long as they're communicating out there, that's going to be the key. You mentioned Austin Meadows' improvement. Where has he improved the most to you from, let's say, when you got him a year, when you, was, you were with him in spring training a year ago? I would say more focus. He, he has lock in more instead of, you know, just relying on his talents. And then on top of you got KK out there, you don't want to be a person that's running into him either. So knowing his surroundings and more focus, I think, has helped him a lot. 
Kevin Cash said that he also worked really hard on improving his throwing arm. How, how has he improved to you in that regard? Just uh, you know, it goes back to focusing something you really want to do. I, like I always tell guys, you concentrate on hitting a lot, right? So why don't you concentrate on the other side of the, uh, of the field with that too? So he's just been more uh, cognizant of what he needs to do with his throwing program and stuff like that. So it's improved his arm and. The thing about throwing is the more you throw, the less injuries you have and the less less time it gets sore. So he's been doing a good job with his throwing program, which has helped his arm. I know you said you like the athleticism of Margot and Renfro and Arazareno. What impresses you about each of them in particular? They they, they pay attention to what they need to do. Um, their, their baseball IQ is, is pretty good, and a lot of people don't usually think about that with outfielders because you just see power and hitting, and hopefully they have a good arm. But their baseball IQ, they pay attention to what they need to do and what's going on around them. So that, that's really good. How about from a base running standpoint as a whole, and not just the outfielders, but what do you like about this group? Um, obviously, you did lose some guys. Garcia had pretty good foot speed. Tommy had some pretty good foot speed. What do you think of the group overall? Oh, they, they, the foot speed is just as, just as good or may might even be better. Um, what we got to do as a team is just pay attention to what's going on. You know, sometimes we can get over there and it can be like a party at the at the at the bar that everybody want to talk to each other. You know, my thing is if you know them that well, take them out to lunch. But focus on where the guys are standing, especially with all the shifts. You know, people are in strange positions that they're not used to. Just look around. Give yourself about five seconds. Pay attention to what's around you, and then you can make your decision making a little easier. Do you get a sense as to whether this is a really good base running team? By and large, you seem like a pretty good base running team last year. Well, we'll see. <laughs> That's what I always say. It's year to year with the base running. Uh, last year, we could have been a lot better. I think we played we, we played above our base running mistakes last year a lot. But this year, I think if we focus more, I think our wins become a lot easier. When you say that, you know, the the focus, is that the biggest aspect of base running? Is it is it court awareness? Is it knowledge of, you know, who's where? What, what makes a good base running team? Both. Knowing what, and, and the number one thing is knowing what you can and cannot do. You know, and I talk to these guys about it. if you hit your single and there's a man on second and you're taking your time getting the first, you're probably not going to be able to make it to second on overthrow. So just know what you can and cannot do and be realistic about it, too. You know, it's balls in front of you. You're a fast runner, but if the guy has the ball in his hand, you're probably not going to make it to the next base. But just be more realistic. But like you say, the court awareness is the key. Knowing what I can and cannot do and knowing where these guys are standing and playing. In this day and age, obviously, stolen bases are a whole lot harder than they used to be, and they're certainly less of a part of a game. When you look at whether a team's a good base running team, how much of that is the other stuff? The Taking the extra base, the first to third, the second to home, the first to home. I would say the first to third, second to home are, are key. You know, stolen bases come. You don't. Everybody's not a base stealer. You know, you can steal some bases here and there. I think a lot of focus is more on the three-run homer, you know, so um, with the launch angle and everything else. So let's play for three runs instead of, you know, manufacturing runs. But we're the type of team that we can manufacture runs, and uh, we got to take advantage of that. But stolen bases, I don't know. It's, it's not a, as big of a deal as it used to be back in the day. So what, what the leader last year was Malik's with 40. You know, back in the day, you're talking about 100 stolen bases. But now, nowadays, I just think guys need to be more cognizant of going first to third, second to home, and paying attention to what's going on in the outfield. Obviously, you get such a tremendous amount of attention at first base as kind of an ambassador for the team and the push-ups, too. Do you do them in spring training? How do you get ready for uh, the start of a regular season? Well, I don't do them in spring training because spring training is dangerous, man. Uh, you can mess around and score 11 runs in the inning, especially in the late innings. But I usually wait to the last week before the season starts before I start doing my push-ups. And uh, same note, routine doesn't change? You're just hoping to do as many as possible? 
No, not, nothing changed. I just hope we get 10,000 runs. I said, if we get, I mean, 10,000 push-ups. If we get 10,000 push-ups, I've got a pretty good chance we'll be in first place. I know we'll talk more next week with Chad about the offense, but do you, since you do work with the hitters too, what's your, what's your feel about the group? Oh, these guys swing the bat. Like, and go back to, uh, it's going to sound redundant with the uh, focus, but these guys come in every day with a plan. They know what they want to do. And that makes life a lot easier as a hitting coach because they know what they want to do. And now we just have to talk and understand what they're trying to accomplish and just have some get, have them give us cues of what we need to look for from them. And when guys come in with a plan like that, a hitting coach job becomes a little easier. Certainly it does. And spring training, too, is also about you get to learn a lot about some young people. Uh, and what is interesting is it seems like there's some switch hitters on the come, too, which are going to give you guys that much more versatility overall. Oh, most definitely. I mean, we every time I turn around, we got a left-handed hitter. So I'm over in the coach's box like, okay, let me back up by the umpire. But, yeah, anytime you got versatility, that's always good, especially with us. Really interesting stuff there from uh, – Ozzie Timmons, and we appreciate his time, and that of Hunter Renfro, and certainly that of Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times. Uh, we hope that you're going to uh, just hang with us as uh, we kind of wait this out. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. You can uh, check out our blog, raiseradio.mlblogs.com, and as additional news becomes available, we're certainly going to pass it along there, and hopefully it won't be long before we have more content um, and uh, more podcasts for you to listen to before we get back to game action. In the meantime, I hope you're going to stay healthy and stay safe and uh, take care of those around you who are in need. And we certainly appreciate your time, and we will talk with you soon. <laughs>